Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the Trucking Driver Podcast. I'm Dougie Rankin and I'm joined today by Matt Ireland. Hey Dougie, how are you? I'm alright, the podcast is being brought to you live from the interior of the brand new Iveco S-Way, so we're set up for a bit of mobile podcasting tonight. I'm so tired I could cry. <laughs> Welcome the to the old, world of transport, eh? <laughs> oh yeah, back into it. Well, as somebody who traditionally preferred night shift, getting told my alarm was set for three o'clock in the morning was not a shock this morning. <laughs> it was it was the weirdest thing. Getting up, driving to Stonehouse, getting a load of milk on a trailer, getting up to Manchester, getting it tipped, coming back out. And it's just after nine o'clock in the morning and I'm like, this is a different world. <laughs> to somebody who, to somebody who tends to do back shifts and night trunks and, and and things like that. So, no, but apart from that, it's all, it's all worked out well so far. I've had the trucks on Saturday and I've got it for the, for the whole week. And it, there's a lot of interest and in a lot of photographs of it getting taken in Chippenham truck stop tonight. I sent somebody away with a brochure, who is uh, genuinely quite interested in it. So, uh, Besides, besides the point, it is good to drive. Yeah, it's uh, yeah five seventy two and a half thousand newton meters of torque, so it's not got the largest amount of torque for a thirteen liter engine, but it has got the most horsepower, so it doesn't lose much on the hills. It pulls like a train. I know that mm-hmm. that's an over an overused cliche, but it, it wants to go. It goes better when it's got a load in its back. Excellent. Um, really light, precise steering, good handling. It's got a retarder, so I suspect. And we've got three drops in Wales tomorrow. I've got to go to West Wales, West Wales, and then Mid Wales. So well, that we're going to certainly see give it, it a good test. We're going to see what it's all about. We're going to we're going into Sheriff Drakeford country, mm-hmm. where nothing is allowed. So yeah, I'm looking <laughs> looking forward to that. I've got a lie in. I don't have to get up until five o'clock in the morning. Lovely. Um, another advantage is, of course, I've Echo stopped making the mattress out of concrete. And That's this has famous. got a, lo- a lovely soft bunk, a soft bunk in it, which I had a good sleep in last night. And it looks it, the truck stop seems pretty quiet now. I was a bit worried earlier on when I had a space either side of me appear, mm-hmm. and pe- th- then they were the last two spaces in the truck stop waiting for people to reverse in. So I just, I just shut the curtains and let them get on with it. I would rather not have seen what was going on. <laughs> not, not, not that I would have done any better. That it's, yeah, uh, when the truck stops in the dark when you're tired. Oh. <laughs> Are you one of these people with a running fridge all night as well? Uh, no, I don't have a fridge on tonight. Oh, that's um, all right. No, I've got an I've got an empty curtain cider which is uh, being loaded first thing in the morning. So that's not too uh, bad. Yeah, I that, normally I right. normally find if I've got a space either side of me, I'll generally attract two fridges that are on intermittent uh. and and really loud. Uh. <laughs> Now, because of course, to readers familiar with the magazine, familiar with social media or otherwise, you are our trucking driver's rock and roll driver with your escapades with Trans Am Trucking. At mm-hmm. least you were, and before you were before coronavirus came and ruined all that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, well, I mean, I guess normal circumstances this year, you would have been in tour with like Madonna, or the Rolling Stones, or something like that, t- yeah. dragging them all over Europe and mm-hmm. your low decker. That hasn't happened this year for obvious reasons. So, what have you been up to instead? 
I haven't left the shores of the UK now in a year, even even to Ireland. It was October last year. It was the last time I shipped out. I've I've been to Scotland once, and I've been to Wales a couple of times on general haulage, and that's it. I've done just as most people in the in the industry have done. They've gone and found other work. Um, I mean, I I didn't stop. I was quite lucky, really, um, because I've always worked with other people whenever it's gone quiet. I just haven't really stopped at all. So um, I've just been working for several different local people uh, on a variety of jobs. I've done a, uh, a bit of tanker work, uh, unaccompanied trailer work. And for the last two months, I've been working for a chap just doing day work out of uh, southern Norfolk. Uh, just mostly empty, brand new empty pallets out and then often empty pallets back to either a factory, uh, you know, to exchange them IPPs or chips or back to the depot uh, to, for repair or packs of timber back in to make new pallets and that's what I've been doing for the last two months I haven't had a night out um, and I haven't really gone anywhere <laughs> it's been uh, quite a change it doesn't sound too bad though I mean, a lot. To be, I mean, the, the specialist events companies are the ones that have been hit among mm -hmm. the hardest among the, yeah. the the transport industry. The only thing I could could say was hit harder were uh, like moving slightly aside is coaches, coach operators with Scania buses that are worth three hundred thousand pounds that have been able to do literally nothing this year. Mm -hmm. yeah. If you've got a track, if you've got a tractor unit, even if it's a four by two low decker, you can do some things with it, and. Um, yeah, well, I mean, the biggest People. the biggest tour bus company in the industry, who's Austrian, but they also own Phoenix buses in the UK, where they've got 100-and-something buses parked up. They, they can't do the school run in them. They're proper sleeper specialist coaches. All the drivers are on furlough. They, mm -hmm. I don't know what's going to happen with them. <laughs> well, as it, well, I was happened to be out last week because I got, I got invited by Daft to the uh, Fly-By-Night studios in Redditch. Mm -hmm. And obviously, fly by, fly by night, I've been busy getting a hold of any work which they can. They've been doing a lot of Amazon work, and they were in the same places that I was when I had the Pollock Actros. Yeah. Um, and Daft, I think because it's just been so quiet this year, and there's been so few events and things for anybody to do, Daft specified a 4x2 low deck with a manual gearbox in it. Mm-hmm. So obviously they invited me down. They said, "Do you want to come down and drive these?" And I was a bit. Ugh. And then they said, "One of them's got a manual gearbox on it." So I was, "Oh, I'll, I'll just, I'll see you there." <laughs> I was the only one that could drive it properly, but it, <laughs> <laughs> it's um, which uh, I was a bit. They said as well. They said you can have a loan of it as well. And I said, "Does it have a dual height fifth wheel on it?" Which it didn't. So I can't actually have a loan of it. Beautiful thing to drive though, five hundred and thirty horsepower, four by two, mm -hmm. sixteen speed manual. The Nothing. gear, the, the manual shifting does not get any easier because of the torque of these engines. Even if you're a bit shit at it and you go and miss the gears and you go from like, you go from a, a low in one ratio to a high in the next, so mm -hmm. you're skipping the ratios. It's got that much torque that it will pull from five hundred RPM quite cleanly. Yeah, and the engine brakes so strong that you can pull it up short without without touching the brake pedal it was really forgiven and I'm thinking well man, there's a new way of driving a manual gearbox just as there are new ways of driving auto gearboxes um, and I enjoyed I enjoyed the day out I didn't take the opportunity to drive the Daft manual show trekker because I took that to the Nordburg ring last year mm -hmm. um, 
But no, I, um, I do want. I do wonder if DAF are going to be the last manufacturer to offer manual gearboxes because they still seem to be selling a few of them, and they maybe have picked them up from other places as well. You had one, didn't you? Your one at yep. Transam was a manual. Yep, and they were specking them up until last year, or the year, last year or year before was the first time. I think it's 2018 was the first year they got some autos, but they still got manuals as well. And I think last year, last year I think was the first year when they got all autos, I think, from memory. But it seems to be like a lifetime ago when I was last in that yard. I mean, I once it all uh, kicked off and all went really quiet, I oh, did pick up a few. Fun. I did pick up a few weeks' work uh, pulling for Bomfords for Transam. Uh, but I was given an 18 plate rather than mine because obviously all the older trucks had been sawned with you know mm. uh, with there being no work and so that was an auto and that's the first time I've driven a DAF auto in quite a few years I think and I wasn't massively looking forward to it because the earlier generation DAF autos were in my opinion just garbage they just didn't yeah the, the, the electronics didn't make a lot of friends and it's a, a reputation mm-hmm. that's kind of held over to them how did yeah. you go on but, I, the tr- but with the 18 the, plate it was yeah. it was much much, be tra- much better yeah much better. that would be a track that would be a track soon yeah and with it being a low decker as well it wouldn't have the super long gear ratios in it it would have mm-hmm. be up about 12 1300 rpm yeah which which helps um but the the thing we we got a tour of the fly by night studio where they've got the enormous sound sta- they've got this enormous empty building which is like a sound stage where they can go in and set up anybody's stage yeah, like you studio. yeah you yeah, two or pink's stage and they can go and work out how all how it's all going to work, mm-hmm. and in the concert industry, you've got these whole all these different levels of people, uh, and the trucks are just part of one of it. You've got hospitality, catering, um, the light. There's so many people that if we get a magic vaccine at Christmas, which cures everything about coronavirus, it doesn't mean the ACDC, Guns and Roses, and uh, Madonna can all go and tour next year no. because there isn't going to be the infrastructure there to do it because the people that were in the industry have had to leave it or have had to shut down and it's quite concerning you're not just going to get back to that normality all that quickly no. um, which is um, it's quite sad quite sad really uh, if, it, if it does come back it'll come back gradually yeah and and in what form? Obviously, nobody knows. Uh, it's it's just going to be a whole different ball game. I mean, I've seen in the summer they did some socially distanced gigs, uh, but that's only going to work with some some sort of entertainment, isn't it? Because if you're going for like Guns and Roses, ACDC, yeah. Iron Maiden, people like that, no, you want to be in the pack. mosh pit, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So trying to trying to social distance in there is is that's impossible. Okay. But also the the problem as well with schedules and whatnot. A lot of the time we double man, and so they fly the second drivers out. We do the drive; they fly them home again. Now, if, for argument's sake, we go, they fly to Madrid, and then we go to Milan, and then they fly home. Well, if there's been a lockdown or, or they've got a quarantine for two weeks, then that's them out of work completely for two weeks, which, especially in the summer, is no good. Or if we've been there in a tour truck and then we're supposed to self-isolate, what are we meant to do? It's Yep, it's all it's all just completely stuck until 
until uh, <laughs> some vaccination thing comes along or it mutates and burns itself yeah. self out. Nobody's going to be willing to take the chance on it. Going into a mosh pit in a concert, um, the only way you could swap more bodily fluids is basically to have, you know, like sex. <laughs> yeah, pretty much, yeah. In fact, you probably could probably swap more in a mosh pit, I probably, expect, whether oh, you want to or not. God, yeah. Oh. <laughs> That's not my not my type of area at a show. I'd much rather be near there the back a, somewhere. There was a time and place for going into mosh pits, and uh, that was my 20s, you know. Going to see, yeah. going to see like, the Wild Hearts at the Glasgow Garage and come out and you'd wring your T-shirt out yeah. with sweat. They were the days. Nowadays, I'm like, no, I've got pulsative tinnitus now. I lie down in bed at night and my ears are like whomping. Oh, many many years that, ago, I used to sneak out of bed to go to parties and now I sneak out of parties to go to bed. Oh, def- definitely. Well, I was out because I don't... If you follow me on social media, you might or not... May or may listeners may or may not be on my personal Facebook page, but you realise that I don't get I don't necessarily get out much this year. I've been flat out doing lorry stuff over the past few months because I simply don't have anything else to do. Otherwise, I was going crazy sitting at home. Mm-hmm. But as this we saw, weekend, with you dressing up as Burt Reynolds, dressing up as Burt Reynolds, yeah. <laughs> a lot of the new people I've added to my Facebook page have retrospectively gone back and liked my. I thought that well, was great. <laughs> well, to be fair, that's because I actually pulled it off. You know, not not, anybody, not everybody could do that. I was a no, passable. I, I was a passable 1977 Burt Reynolds there. <laughs> I could even go and get a wig if I wanted to complete the effect. Yeah. <laughs> now, I've been told under I've been told under and under no uncertain terms by my girlfriend I will not do that. <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> But she didn't say anything about a transam, so. Oh well, is it you know hope hope there? Yeah, Definitely. I mean, but I haven't yeah I haven't done very very much. You would hear it if you listen to this. Well, people come and binge listen to the podcast as well, and it started out at the beginning of twenty twenty, and you might get like a couple of months of it where it's finding its feet, then it goes into this COVID weirdness for a long time. <laughs> but this, of course, Scotland's completely, they've made a lot of bizarre decisions in Scotland, closing restaurants and in Wales. Everything. In Wales, if you're a lorry driver and you've gone away for an entire week and you may have forgotten to pack your underpants yeah. or your socks. And it's I've done things like this before. I always forget something. I forgot my flask this week. So you can go into Tesco and, you know, you cannot buy underpants because it's not deemed essential. <laughs> you know, and what if you've just sharted your last pair yeah. and you know M- Mark Drakeford says it's not essential well I was in the southwest of England on Saturday and it was wonderful we got to sit at a dinner table I didn't have to pretend that Bob Beach was my father and we sat at a table and I, would, I had four, four double gin and tonics in about an hour along with my dinner and then I was mm-hmm. back in the hotel room and in my bed for 8 o'clock and asleep for 9 o'clock because that's how much of a cheap date I am these days. <laughs> I was just gonna say, it was just lovely to have that tiny little bit of normality amongst things, which yeah. we've had so little of, and the government seems so determined to take away. It's it's extra frustrating for key workers like lorry drivers, people in distribution, people working in the NHS, teachers who have been in a classroom of 30 children for five days a week, and it's saying, oh no, you can't go to a restaurant of an evening. And, and unwind. And, and unwind. No, <laughs> people have... Not, people 
people have not stopped throughout all of this and mm-hmm. now you're going and punishing them and you're punishing the people that run the businesses. There was a woman in television the other week just about in tears because her fruit and vegetable distribution business was going to be throwing tons and tons of food in a skip. It was just horrible. Mm-hmm. And I wonder, I wonder if they're going to do anything. I wonder if they're going to cancel Christmas or anything. The good thing about Christmas from the transport industry point of view is that there's that much online stuff going on, and there's that much. There, there still continues to be that much construction work going on, and raw materials like plasterboard, chipboard, cement, and everything demand for that. The haulage is going to be kept busy right up until Christmas. Mm-hmm. Everybody who needs work should be able to get it, and if you want night shift, day shift, weekend, whatever, you should be able to have that. But they were talking at Christmas that you know it's like, well, maybe maybe you will be able to meet all your family, and maybe you won't. And I can't mm. see people coming out and saying, "Oh well, yeah, I'm sorry, Gran, but you can't come. That's one person too many." People are just. Yeah. Gonna go and do what they want. I was I think thinking, so, yeah. have you ever, have you ever been away over Christmas with yep. the trucks? Yep, I was in Madrid. Funny enough, uh, twenty twelve, we got to Madrid. Twenty, uh, I'm just trying to think. When Christmas is the twenty fifth, isn't it? So we got to Madrid on the twenty. Uh, yeah, yeah, every year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, this is how messed up you get in in the music industry because you just lose track of everything. So we, yeah, we got there on the twenty third. We unload on the 24th, Christmas Day was a day off, and then they started shows on Boxing Day, and then we we ran through until the 29th, I think it was. The last show was the 29th, and we loaded in Madrid and set off um, for a nice short jaunt to Kazan in Russia, which is about 800 kilometres east of Moscow. So that's it's probably the longest drive I've ever done in my life as well, from Madrid to Kazan. I think it was, I can't remember how many thousands of kilometres it was. So I bought in the new year that year, going around the Bordeaux yeah. Ring Road, um, well, it, and it was nice and quiet. Uh, it's as good a way as any. I find, I find New Year this year in Scotland, it gets proper like shortbread tin tartan bagpipe bollocks <laughs> to see in the new year it's it's awful it used to be a very social thing where yeah. all your na- neighbours would come round your houses and everything and th- th- these days it's just kind of a bit a bit depressing but every year I've gone to my mum and dad's for Christmas and we don't know what's going to happen happen this year because normally we would have like some sort of extended family around but I think I, Christmas is a Friday this year, I believe, and I have potentially, and I'm hoping that I've got the option to do a European run. Then oh, nice. I've not done I've not done European work before, right. um, but it looks like the run leaves sort of Wednesday, Thursday, which means Christmas would be the Friday. So I would be away for Christmas, but it would give me a weekend somewhere I would particularly want to be. So I'm hoping that that might work out. That might work out all right for me. But was that a, have, a run, run, just run or something like that? Um, it goes up to Denmark. Oh, um, <laughs> nice. It goes, it goes, it goes up to there. So yeah. I'm hoping that that works. I'm hoping that that works out all right. I've not done any European work before. I would imagine it would be pretty quiet. Yeah, on the roads be. at that time of year. Yeah. I might go and. I might go and see if I can get my own demonstrator lorry mm-hmm. uh, to go and to go and drive. We'll have to we'll have to see. But that this might be my first Christmas away. But I'm I'm not that bothered about it because we've just done so little this year. Truck and driver is in a scramble 
still we've got hundred this hundred and thirty two page issue we're working on now. We've had to go hard at it to get the content together for it. Yeah. So if you've got any contributions to Team Trucking Driver of whatever the hell is that you've been driving, I noticed you were driving a Renault Premium the other day. So I am. This and this is the last week I'm going to be in it. Um, is it? Back, oh well. You, yeah. You, going back to auto boxes. Mm. Uh, what well, so, auto boxes? Well, surely well, your Renault go, Premium was an auto. That, oh, definitely. That's definitely an auto. But uh, and obviously this year, for the first time, has been the, the most time I've had in autos because outside of my usual Trans Am truck. Everything that I can think of that I've driven this year has been an auto, but I'm working for a chap from next week up until just before Christmas sometime, the date to be confirmed, and I'm actually going to be getting back into a manual. I'm going to be driving a, a V8 Scania 12-speed manual tag axle. So, get in. Get your yeah, curtains pulled halfway a- down your absolutely. windows. Absolutely. Yep. Yep. Hide behind them. <laughs> going to get, my, get the dealer boots on, my check shirt. <laughs> that'll be lo- I tell you, now that'll be, that'll be lovely to drive that that'll be mm. if you haven't if you're really used to the daft manual it goes two and then it goes up to three down into fourth and you don't have where one normally is yeah. that doesn't exist and you're back into second so you're going like a shift like yeah like a backwards like an N, a backwards n yeah but yes. a lot I've always found most of them are always really good unless you years ago you'd get like the 440s that had been ragged by agency drivers but a V8 shouldn't have had that treatment hopefully that'll not be, no that'll, so, be, that'll be nice that'll be really satisfying loads of unnecessary yeah. half gear changing just for the hell of it yeah exactly it, it'll, just be, it'll be different as well because um, again on social media I was talking to a friend and obviously as things develop in time and life and obviously a lot of people these days seem to say that they prefer a manual just I think to try and prove something that they're more of a driver than someone who drives an auto but if you're doing multi-drop around London, for argument's sake, the last thing you really want is a manual. But yeah. so this would be a good, a good one for after all this time in an auto to go back to mm. a manual to see, see, because I've always preferred manuals, but that's what I've always driven. Yeah, and I've I've never had I've, I've had I've driven several I shifts, which have always been a really good box, but I've always just preferred a manual box. But maybe. Maybe I've been converted. I don't know, but and I'm not just going to say no. I prefer a, a manual because that's what I've always said. Nah, I like I like manual gearboxes for the sheer enjoyment of driving and the control that it gives you. And bear mm-hmm. in mind that I live and work in Scotland. Usually, I'm yeah. not based down in the southeast of England where the traffic's horrendous. Yeah. They have got auto gearboxes have come on to such a great extent that they can do things better than manuals but manuals on the other hand still have advantages in certain ways and I yeah. really enjoyed driving that manual daft and I was I would take one tomorrow if I got the opportunity yeah but I think there's a place for manuals but it is it's only limited these days I just hope daft's the only one that'll offer you a full-size cab these days Scania will offer you up to 650 horsepower possibly 660 with a manual gearbox but then again they're selling them into small family fleets owner drivers it's mm. really kind of minor minor interest uh, yeah. now and it's a different way of well you get old guys who go on saying oh well you know the real drivers drove eating twin splitters and things but i've spoken to uh, owners of big fleets and they're like, you get guys who know how to drive an auto truck properly and they're four miles to the gallon better than the old guy who sits with his foot flat in the throttle all night. 
these things are like a modern automatic like mm -hmm. this thing I'm sitting in at the moment it's a complicated bit of kit you need to know how to get the best out of it when to be using it's all feather light touches on the throttle it's using the predictive cruise control when necessary it's letting it roll on when necessary mm -hmm. using the retarder it's not just like hammering full throttle change up up the gears full throttle and keep keep going it's a different it's a different skill set to what it was 20 years ago. Have you ever driven an Eaton Twin Split? I've driven a few of them, not for a long time. I'm, and I can't honestly say I'm an expert in one uh, at all. I can get them mm -hmm. to go up. I can get them to go up the gearbox because I can sense the revs no problem. I can get them to go up, and, but and as soon as something unexpected happens, like I'm coming up to a roundabout and a car appears, and then I've got to brake then I lose it. I'm like, I don't know... Right. I don't know where I'm supposed to go from that. Then I end up back in the basement and starting again. Right. It would take me... I've got enough on it. I think a couple of days working, I would I would have sussed it out. But these mm -hmm. are just trucks. These are just trucks that, like, friends have given me a shot of at, like, shows and events and things. I haven't, I haven't driven one for work. So they're really... Even back then, though, they were an acquired taste. There were yeah. guys that absolutely loved them and there's guys that hated them and could never get on with them at all mm -hmm. um, yeah. I don't know both <laughs> the, the one that I would prefer I think would probably be the Road, the road Ranger as yeah. opposed to the, the Twin Splitter I like the Road Ranger when I tried it better where you're mm -hmm. just simply you're simply matching the revs and giving it a bit of a blip to get it yeah. to, to slot into gear back and back on the way down which is still the gearbox it's massively popular in America but yeah. It's popular because it's so basic. It's got no synchros in it. Um, although a lot of it, like a Volvo iShift's got no synchros in it, but it's so simple that if you get stuck out in Yellowknife when it's minus 50 and you can go and basically jam the thing into gear and limp it home. Yeah. And it's not going to... You're not going to wake up in the morning and find that it's not going to start because a sensor's failed on it. Yeah. Although that is a rare thing on an automatic gearbox these days to happen. Um mm -hmm. That still that the the road ranger still continues on to this day, and so so do the Peterbilts with the big square cabs. Yeah, people say that they're in, they're so backwards and out of date, but they're built yeah. for the the conditions in which they operate, which they operate, and they have been updated with modern materials. Um, and that's what I would want. I was going to emigrate to Canada in twenty sixteen. Yeah. And it didn't quite come off. And the truck I wanted, I wanted like a brick nose Peterbilt with twin yeah. headlights and mm -hmm. two stack, two big stacks up the back of the cab. There yeah. was absolutely no way I was having some aerodynamic modern. bloody Freightliner Cascadia <laughs> modern anything. They're like, yeah. it's a really a really narrow cab. There's no space, and I'm like, well, I'm a really narrow person. You know, yeah. it's not a problem. It's not a problem <laughs> for me. This is I'm coming over here for the experience, and I was going to get it was either one of them or an international nine thousand, which is kind of mm -hmm. like, that's like an uncool truck. That's that's like that's a bit like an Iveco Stralis, but the people that know yeah. them love them, you know. So, yeah, and everyone else like, thinks uh, they're junk. <laughs> uh, cult classics. <laughs> What do you have planned for the rest of the week? Are you, you're home every night, so... I am, yeah. So, And I'll be starting later than you tomorrow, but I've got to um, go and load tomorrow morning about 6 o'clock for Long Crendon, just near Aylesbury. I've got tip there, and then reload Enfield to head back to Beckles and Suffolk, and that'll be my day tomorrow. It's just it's just all stuff like that. There's just... It doesn't very... 
very often change once you've once you've once, locked, no. left, the, left the yard, unless something's been cancelled, but it doesn't really happen too much. So you know what oh, to nice. Uh, and, I like that. And some of the days are so short. Last Monday, I had a Harlow, which is uh, maybe an hour and a half from where I live, or where the truck is, roughly. Uh-huh. Hour and a, it, even Not even two hours. Tip Harlow, reload a different place in Harlow, back to uh, Flixton, which is just up the sort of near uh, Halston where the truck is based. I tipped there by lunchtime. I went and dropped the empty trailer in the factory, ready for it to be loaded overnight, and I went home. Eight, just under eight hours in a day. I've oh, never office had, hours. Yeah, I've never had such such a short work in life. It's been great. The nice that you get that you get that native wheeler tippers sometimes. I'd noticed yeah. as well. Taylor and Morrison, who I used to drive for back 2014 to 16 I had a Ford and Alpha 8-wheeler with a cat engine and it was fantastic thing it was a, an absolute flyer mm-hmm. but I noticed it, it had been off the road for a few years and apparently it had it but he's put it back in the road recently and I've seen it a couple of times and it's been like painted mm-hmm. and it looks nice and fresh and white and I've been like I really don't have the time to devote to this shit but I'm like oh I want to phone him <laughs> And I was speaking to Robin, Robin, Robin Johnson, who does a lot of mechanics for him, because my Foden's away for MOT prep at the moment, and I think it needs a top end set done because it's a bit weak. And he's going to do it for me at Christmas. He's like, "Oh, if you phone him, he'll give you shifts. He'll, you know, he'll get, he'll get you out working and everything." And I'm like, ah, "This is a bloody thing. Having to go and do Britain's best-selling truck magazine every month gets in the way of pissing about with lorries all the time." That's but right, yeah. <laughs> I suppose I can. I suppose I can write about them, and that. Yeah, it's nice, like you say, if you're going and doing the same things all the time. Once you get to know places and you get that familiarity, the last few mm-hmm. times I've been out driving trucks, it's all been new every time. So I've been like, oh, where do you want this trailer? Do I need to yeah. give you all this paperwork? Do you need to give me? Any? That was all I had today. I was like, do I need to get any paperwork back from you? Where do I go? Walking through yeah. one-way coronavirus systems. Where do you mm-hmm. want this trailer dropped? Like, they're looking at you like you're stupid. And I'm like, well, I don't want to just fucking drop it in the wrong bay. Mm-hmm. I don't and then get told just off being stupid. Yeah. Yeah. Then on the, way, on the way back out, I'm like, do you need any paperwork for this trailer? No. I'm like, are you sure? I can just take it. Yeah. Out to security. Do you need to sign me out? No, you just go. I'm like... How do you people uh, keep hold of your trailers? <laughs> yeah. Now, now that I know, now that I know this, I could just batter in with the food and like next week, could get do. myself, get myself, get myself a nice Green Adams refrigerated trailer. I because yeah, nice. I'm just taking this trailer. Where are you taking it? I don't know, like somewhere. Oh, okay, yeah. bye. Oh, whatever. Yeah, complete lack of interest. Until yeah, something goes missing. <laughs> yeah, and no, I think I'm going to keep it going. I'm going to be driving for lots of different people as the opportunity comes up because to do continually do different things expands your definitely your, your, expands your skill set. As tempting as it is to go, I, t- I really could go a, a a really lazy week of night trunk changeovers mm-hmm. where you're just like four hours down the road and the trailer's waiting for you. So you're 45 minutes down there, back up the road again. It's not even like, you know, you can do... We used to do those changeovers, and you used to be able to do them in under nine hours. Like, yeah. well under nine. You were back in the house for two o'clock in the morning, and you're like, this is... You, had your, you were up at seven, you had your whole day in front of you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we, then we've the, done a, a bit like that uh, for Bartrams, where you used to do a little bit casual. You just leave leave Bartrams at eye, get a lot of worth, tip, drop the empty at Panics at Rugby, pick up a loaded one, bring it back, It'd be done, yeah, be home by three in the morning, easily. 
something like that. Dead that easy. doesn't even count. If you get in before, if you get in before about half past four in the morning, I don't think it counts as a night shift. That's just no. a late finish. <laughs> it's great, but it is. I, yeah, it, it, I couldn't do it all the time. Same as this job that I'm doing. It's it's been great, and he's the, the chap I'm working for is is probably one of the loveliest people I've ever worked for. He's so kind and considerate and friendly and polite, and um, it's just. I'm going to work for this other chap from next week, and it's just like, uh, do I, you know, he's such a nice guy to work for. Do I really want to be leaving for na- for now, sort of thing? But oh, are you going to are you going to dump him? Oh, well, I was booked in August for this this run up to Christmas, so I couldn't really oh, well, couldn't really right, let the chap down. So um, yeah, that's all right. You haven't had to, you haven't had to like dump him by text no, message. It's worse no, no. than worse than actually worse than actually like ending something, you know? <laughs> texting. It's not you. It's me. Yeah. So, and of course, this time, this time of year as well, round here is sugar beet season. So, um, after yeah, beet, that, that's the thing. The beet must be on at the moment as well. Yeah, it started in earnest um, after such a dry spell throughout the summer into into the start of the beet season. It's rained and 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 it's rained. And it's rained. Um, so, because I'm booked with other people, I'm unless things change, I'm not actually going to do any. Presumably this year. But we'll see what January, February brings. Um, it's just, yeah, I, I haven't done any it's tours because fl- I've been busy. So, yeah, well, it's going it's to it's going to fly in. We're already yeah. sitting. We're already getting towards the end of October, and the workload that's got we've got booked in, and most of the people that I know involved with trucking driver, my friends who are in driving, I think the year is just we're going to be in January before we know it. You know. Mm-hmm. Don, yeah. Donald Donald Trump's going to be me probably not going to get in as the next president. You know, mm-hmm. might get somebody who's at least you know. I wonder what's going to happen with all of that. I wonder if all of a sudden you know, th- um, th- I, I'm not one for conspiracy theories in general. Not at all for one with like faked moon landings and steel beams getting melted with the twin towers and things. Mm-hmm. But I, I I could go I could go for some of the ones relating to like Donald Trump. <laughs> and I do. <laughs> Have you seen the new Borat film? No, I saw that. I watched it though. Is it good? Oh, you saw that? I watched it. Yeah, I watched it last night, and I put I put a post on my Facebook about you know <laughs> yeah, Veko. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if I can manage the voice on this or not. I don't know. No, Veko. No. <laughs> yeah, so let, last night I have a good time in the new Veko sexy way. I make a good hand party in the bunk. Very nice. <laughs> I had to I had to warn my I had to warn my dear girlfriend about this. I'm like, I haven't seen this movie yet, and I'm already having difficult times not doing Borat accents. What I found as well is when I walk up to people with my face mask on in places, mm-hmm. I'm quite dark and heavy eyebrowed, so people think I'm foreign. Yeah. Generally, so they're a bit surprised when I speak back to them in a Scottish accent. I'm thinking I should just go in and go, "Hello, I come to drive a truck for you." <laughs> this is very nice. Yeah, I like back home. We use two cows to pull this trailer. My cow, he have a big clam. But, uh, seriously, I could go and laugh. Oh. I, was, See, I don't I was, know whether I dare watch that film because I, I watch it. Just I, watch I watched it. the first one, and it's just. That is cringeworthy, so cringe isn't, isn't it? Right, it's, it's, it's worth doing. His, do, his daughter's very entertaining and it just shows how effortlessly 
it, it just brings out racism and like misogyny and all just these casual sort of, racism. It just it just it brings it brings it out of people so nat so naturally. Yeah. And the thing the thing with Rudy Giuliani as well, like he was caught out with that. You know, he was. <laughs> He, she was putting it on strong term, but he thought he was getting. He thought he'd come back to hotel room for a sexy time, and then Borat jumps out. He's like, "Please take me. She is so. She is fifteen. She is too old for you." <laughs> ben, really feel free to cut this bit out at the end of the podcast because we're we are comfortably over the time limit for this. I don't really have any more extensive news. I'm doing a podcast in depth at the weekend with Bob Beach, mm-hmm. who writes for Truck and Driver and Commercial Motor, and who has 44 years lorry driving experience and knows he knows trucks inside out. So we're going to be doing a bit of Iveco history, and he'll have driven this a bit as well. So we're yeah. going to go into we're going to go into some detail on the history of Iveco and what this what this truck's like. Um, but for the yeah. For um for this episode though yeah you just get a bit of a sneak preview and it's been lovely to have you on the podcast it's been well overdue. Yes, we've we've been trying for several weeks and we finally got there. <laughs> yeah, th- this is the problem with podcasting as I'm sure anybody who's a lorry driver knows it's trying to line people up at the same time who are um not not getting hammered with fifteen hour shifts and and then not be. Uh, you know, the best of intentions are uh, never work, never, never, never work, work in transport. Well. Never work in transport. Don't make any plans. But anyway, yes. Thank, thank you very much, Matt. We'll get you back on the show again soon to find out how you're getting on with your twelve-speed manual gearbox. Yes. And I'll, I'll report back further on this lorry and, um, depending on how much I've watched the Borat movie again, I might do it in that accent. Well, by the sound of it, you could be halfway to Kazakhstan for Christmas. <laughs> yeah, that, oh God, what if I did, eh? Where you, have you been to Kazakhstan? No, we almost went, but then the job never quite happened. But I'd love to, I'd go, oh, I'd go to Kazakhstan. It's absolutely nothing like the film, obviously, to say it's no. like, because they filmed that in like rural Romania and yeah. apparently like Kazakh board for tourism industry, you know, were yeah. like. Well, like, not for make benefit glorious nation Kazakhstan at all. They were really annoyed about all of that. And you know, some but of the language is Polish. I thought they were talking in Hebrew in it because Polish. he knew. Some, is it? Yeah, uh, Yak is uh, how are you? Yak Shemesh, yeah. That's uh, that's thank you. Wajinkwe uh, is a uh, thank you in Polish. Ah, oh, that's br- brilliant. No, I yeah. might go when I walk into a transport office with my mask on, and they start talking to me like, "Have you been here before?" <laughs> and I'm like, "No, I haven't." <laughs> <laughs> I always remember a, a friend of mine. Um, he he picked up a load of wine in Italy years ago, and he came back to Hebel Hempstead somewhere like that. Anyway, he 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 went went and. Uh, well, he went to go and book in, and the forklift driver came with him and said to the guy behind the counter, "This is the uh, the load from Italy." And the guy looked at him and went, "Okay, you drive to Bay Seven and drive on the bay." And he looked at him and went, "Right, uh, mate, not a problem." In his finest Suffolk accent, "Oh, you're British? Uh, yeah. Where, where do you think I was from? Well, we thought you were Italian." Mamma mia! I drive <laughs> yeah. the truck and I put it on the bay. Hey. 
I love what they are vehicle. I'm fucking full of accents, me like. Hey. I can be sometimes. I get told off. It's got to be done. But th- this podcast is. Uh, we're got, in fact, I've got a meeting next week for sponsorship opportunities for the podcast as well. Excellent. Because, you know. Yeah, I'm kind of like basing it around the fact it's an in-depth, uh, an in-depth discussion on the problems facing the industry, and you yeah. know, yeah, yes, it's like hello and welcome to the politics podcast. But mm. it isn't really. It's designed for people who are sat in their arse driving down the motorway on a night shift, going through diversions on the M4, yes. trying to get one place to the other, being bored out his face. I'm looking at you, Ash Redman. Yeah. <laughs> I hope you leave that bit in. <laughs> yeah, I've got to definitely leave that bit in. It'll be Excellent. made up. It'll be made up. It'll make it. He will. Week. He'll be over the moon again. Yeah. <laughs> UK's right. number one Renault fan. No, that's you. Oh no, it's not me. Definitely. No, not. he does. He, he does love that Renault. He doesn't seem to bother about the fact the steering column doesn't quite pull into the correct position. It must just suit him. He's only about three feet tall, isn't he? So it's not a problem. Well, but that'd be why I can't use the heavy steering of the dafts. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> right, on that note, I shall catch up with you again very soon. Have a good week. Yeah, and you, uh, Doug. Nice to speak to you. Yes, keep an eye out on social media for all our Iveco related updates, which that is more exciting than it actually sounds. Yes, I will. All the best, right yeah. now. I'll catch you later. Thanks for listening to the Truck and Driver podcast. Please subscribe to this podcast so you never miss an episode. To keep up to date with the latest news, 100% for drivers, visit truckanddriver.co.uk, where you can also subscribe to the print edition of Truck and Driver magazine, which publishes on the last Friday of every month. The Truck and Driver podcast is produced by Sound Rebel. To find out more, please visit soundrebel.co.uk.